everybody, Mike, Tim, Bonnie, here today. We're so excited to be with you. Welcome to the Vox Podcast. And uh, just quick hair updates. Tim is shaggy and beautiful. Bonnie's hair is up, but but it's got little, uh, what do we call those? Little wispy, wispy. things that That's are... That's a technical term. They're not, they're not behaving like the rest of the... Of that's the, the hair. Be- that's the beauty of it. And so lo- most of it's up. I would say 90% is up. This is and what Chip calls it the bird nest. And, and then some is sideways. <laughs> some is down. And then, all right. But uh, anyway, I'm just fascinated. Fascinated by the whole thing. Fascinated. <laughs> that's got to be That's got to be so good to have in cold climates. You know, just like you're a built-in scarf. That's right. Yep. And a hat. Yeah. Yes. So um, we're doing some mini episodes and um, we got some great questions slash feedback about the uh, conversation we had about um, women in church leadership with Alan Frau. We did an episode on uh, John MacArthur's comments and then that led us to have a conversation with somebody who holds a different view, um, but articulates it very intelligently and winsomely. And so... That was a great conversation. We got tons of feedback, but just a couple of emails we want to yeah. uh, focus on as we kind of close out this topic for for now. Okay. Here we go. Uh, first, I love and appreciate you in this podcast. Now let's get down to business. Boom. I was presented with an opportunity to co-plant and co-pastor a church with a man who disagrees with me on women in ministry. Hmm. He's a complementarian, and I consider myself egalitarian. That being said, I have a deep respect for this man, and I understand how people on the complementarian side come to their conclusion, but I don't agree, or I don't agree, but I understand. Would it be foolish, in your opinion, to enter into ministry with someone who has differing views in that respect? Hmm. I personally think it could be an opportunity to present a beautiful picture of unity and Jesus-centered focus if we were able to be a united front on glorifying God and fighting the brokenness of our city while disagreeing on all the details of theology. Mm-hmm. Dang. I know he has a second question as well, but there's enough right. in that first one. Boy, there is enough in that first one. What do you think, Bonnie? All right, I'll go first. Bonnie just gave me this face <laughs> that was like, you don't want me to go first. You don't want me to go first. So, so that was the face. That was the, no, no, I need to, I need to just be gently like silent for a couple of minutes and then I'll talk. That was that face. All right. So a couple of, couple of thoughts. First of all, anytime you can forge a way, um, to unity through theological diversity, man, I am all for it. And yes, it could be a wonderful testimony and witness to uh, the community that you guys would disagree, but still um, uh, still do church together. The issue, the issue though, is your, your disagreement isn't just on a theology. It's, it's then it manifests itself in, in a lot of other church areas, right? So mm-hmm. um, who you, who you have teach, who you ordain, who can lead, who can be called pastor, um, uh, if, if there's a Alan Frow-esque sort of flexibility on the part of this complementarian, 
then I could I could see that it might be worth a shot. But um, I think that there's so there's so there's so many like polity church polity issues that flow mm-hmm. from this question that it would be tough to have to try to legislate all of those without having to lean exclusively one way or the other because um because i mean it, it sounds like the only way it'll work is the church leans complementarian but we're open to women teaching under kind of headship and um and you know i mean that's that's not I mean, as Alan said, I mean, that's not a, that's not a horrible way to set it up by any stretch of the imagination. It's just that, um, unless you're doing something that flexible, uh, I don't, I don't know how you could make it work in a way that would honor, uh, the gifted women in the church. Bonnie, did I give you enough time? You sure did. Um, and you said it very eloquently because uh, I would agree with I would agree with that. I think that in that setup, because it plays out in such like very specific roles or the way people do things, I don't think anyone wins there. Like right. I don't think you can honor both perspectives just by nature. Not completely. Of, not, not completely. completely. Um, I also think that for some, if the church is a place that we really get to. Um, sort of work out our faith and come together. I think that theological issues like this is better held in like a discussion forum. Like what if you and him, we, him and that pastor um, got together and like had roundtable discussions or like talked about right. their differing views. Um, right. But so much uh, coming from where I came from in my story, I, that if that was the case and like half the church believed one thing and half the church believed the other thing and as a woman it plays so much into my personhood as well that would be i think very very confusing to grow up not knowing like which one is right if that makes sense um because i'm looking for permission and i'm looking for conviction and i'm looking for freedom so even if i did come to that i don't think that i um and then if you didn't see it modeled it wouldn't feel honoring right um, to that so, conviction. So, exactly. So it, it feels like <clears throat> the choices you have to make, can women teach or not? Mm-hmm. Can women uh, be elders or not? Can women be pastors or not? It feels like it lends themselves to either or answers. Right. Now, now it is possible if there are two people who are so genuinely committed to each other and loving and honest and open that you can forge both complementarian expressions and egalitarian expressions in the church. Um, cool. Um, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen that done, but, um, I I don't want to neglect, you know, or decide ahead of time. It's not possible. Right. Um, I would just say, uh, based on living in the leadership decisions of churches, I don't know. I don't know how you get away with not leaning one way or the other in the the decisions you make about how you organize the church. Mm-hmm. So great question. I love the heart, man. If there's a way to work it out, I'm all for it. Yeah. All right. There was a part two to that. Yep. Sure was. Um, number two, what is the positive argument for women in ministry found in scripture? I consider myself egalitarian because I'm not convinced to the contrary. And I would mm. rather lean towards inclusion and grace in instances of uncertainty. 
But I feel as if I'm always on the defensive in this idea. Right. I don't really have a convincing offensive argument. Not that it's all about convincing people or winning an argument, but I'm just trying to work through all of this. Yes. Oh, that's so good. So um, our, our Bonnie and I's conversation um, during an event called Heated that happened in October, we recorded it, both audio and video. We're going to release that hopefully sometime in the next couple of weeks. That will be a lot of good... That was, it was like a two-hour discussion with a lot of Q and A. Yeah, that will be helpful. But if I were just to answer quickly, the positive case, the positive case is um, Genesis one and two, co-equal, co-dignified, uh, co-participating rulership, clearly with no hierarchy. Uh, that is clearly what's in Genesis one and two. That hierarchy comes in Genesis three, as a result of the fall. That there are all throughout the, the testaments examples of women in leadership positions, um, whether it's prophetess, whether it's judge, um, influencer to, to you know kings, or advisors to kings. Um, you've got women, both good and bad, who are operating as queens, and I mean, so and then you get the, the biggest stuff comes obviously in the New Testament where Jesus is breaking all kinds of cultural norms. Um, and then what Paul does, Paul's lists that we all always skip through, particularly in Romans 16, Paul lists, I think it's 16 women uh, that he um, does ministry with. And he, he calls them different things. But um, one he calls an apostle. Um, Phoebe is a, in, in Romans 15 is called a deacon and she would have she would have borne the letter to Romans and probably been the first interpreter of it. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul refers to women leading house churches. John in uh, second or third John refers to a house church um, that was uh, pastored by a woman. Um, and so there are positive instances all over the place of women who are doing just the work of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And um, Paul assumes this in 1 Corinthians 11 when he talks about women prophesying. Um, he also assumes this, I think, in Timothy when he says that a woman should not teach, that uh, in a specific way that was assuming that they had been. And so the positive case are all of these examples from, from uh, Old Testament Jesus and Paul that seem to indicate women held almost every single function um, or gift, giftedness in the early church. Mm -hmm. um, and then, then you can make the case that there are two passages, maybe three. I don't think 1 Corinthians 14 counts here, but different, different topic. Um, there are two instances where Paul seems to restrict women uh, and I think those can be very easily explained through context and kind of the narrative arc of the scriptures and, and why in a world that uh, was very, very uh, precise and interested in social norms that Paul might call a woman to follow those social norms for the sake of giving the gospel hearing. Mm -hmm. And so that's the positive mm -hmm. case I would make. And then the last thing I would say is I'd say, well, listen to Bonnie teach and tell me if she doesn't have the gift of teaching, right? Mm -hmm. I mean... So, so there's a bit of that too, I would add. How, how would you answer that question, Bonnie? Um, I would ask, I would ask, I would answer the question with another question. Which oh, is, very um, Jesus of you. I know. If, 
we're looking at these scriptures and we believe the Bible is living and active and has something to say and is doing something in the world, then all these different texts and the way we interpret them is when you look at a text, I would ask the question in that interpretation of it, what is it doing? So what effect does it have on the church? What's the, what's the fruit of it? Yes, exactly. What's the fruit of it? And um, look at the fruit and help that inform. Um, because I think sometimes we get forget that there is good and bad fruit in both things. Um, and I think a lot has to do with us discerning that and the people around us and the fruit that this that some of these arguments are holding. They are really easy to discuss and pick apart in our head, but in flesh and blood, it's it's a little bit different. Right. Right. No, that's good. And uh, and obviously, there are complementary responses to all of this. We have drastically oversimplified the debate. But if I were going to make a positive case, that's where I'd start. I'd start in Genesis. I'd start in Jesus's affirmation of Genesis. I would talk about Paul reversing the curse at Ephesians 5 um, when he calls wives and husbands to submit and respect. I think all he's doing there is flipping what the fall did in Genesis 3. I mean, so I, I feel like I could make a positive case as well as explain why it is that Paul would make temporary restrictions mm-hmm. around household codes um, in the at that time, particularly in the Greek and Roman Empire. So great, great question. But the heated convo will give you a lot more along those lines. All right, Bonnie. Yeah, that's Excellent. Good. Do we have another email? Wait, we have a couple. Just you guys have already had some really good conversations on this topic that I learned a lot from. One of them was episode 18. Whoa. Is the Bible anti-woman with special guest Bonnie Lewis. Whoa. Back when she episode was 46. 46. I was a guest. Yep. Episode 46, Women in Leadership with the guest Bonnie Lewis. Oh. What? What? But those are both great long form conversations also on this topic. Whoa. To be fair, the the opinion there is skewed Bonnie Lewis, but <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. But that's okay. <laughs> Excellent, Bonnie. All right, is there another email around this topic? No, that's it. We just had some people really enjoyed that we had a different um Yes. A different viewpoint on there. So that's cool. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, my friends, um, until next time, thank you for tuning in. As always, give us some feedback at hello at Vox podcast.com. Until next time, thanks. Thanks.